pray again, shall we? Lord, we thank you for this evening once again to learn more about you and this privilege, Lord God, to be able to uh, teach for you, Lord God, and your people. I pray for blessings for them. I pray for wisdom for me. Let your Holy Spirit speak through me, Lord God. Let you and you alone speak, Lord God. I pray for the visitor, Lord God, that still needs to surrender their lives to you. I pray that this will be the evening that they will do so. And I pray, Father God, for your help. I pray for your wisdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, like I said, this is our title. To know Christ, to become like Him, to make Him known. We are to discuss and review our church's mission statement. And for the believer, we are to focus our minds, our life, and our goal to Christ. You know that from the very beginning, the very beginning of this church started from obe an obedience Right? From obedience, a, a combination of, of people that obeyed Christ. It started from the people at the North American Mission Board. That they know that they did some study that that one of the biggest unchurched groups uh, in you know, Sparks is the Filipino American uh, community. And based on their research and their studies, that it works more effectively if you can have churches based on their ethics, or their multicultural, uh, their, their culture, because to avoid the language uh, gap. And one of the people that was a candidate to, um, to do that church plant was Pastor Julius Aquino. When re at that time, he had two churches in Georgia that he also did, uh, was given the privilege to plant. One in Macon and one in Warner Robins. So, why am I sharing that? I, I want to share that with you because from many years ago with the church's uh, founders, Pastor Charles, Pastor Julius, and the founding members, they have all decided to have this as a mission statement for this church. And as you can see it, and if you know it, as, as one of our brothers here saw it, as a very mature statement. For a church to, to make this as a goal, as a mission statement. You know, we're not trying to make you not comfortable at this church. It's actually the other, other, uh, other way. We want you to be comfortable, but at the same time, there is no way that we will compromise the truth of the Bible. Which most of the time makes people uncomfortable. We are not trying to grow the church to a mega church, but at the same time, we don't close the doors for people to come join us. But at the same time, we are not compromising the truth of the gospel in order to add to the number. The main goal of this church is to glorify God and to bring people to Him. Amen? Amen. Let's start with this verse. First point. It's actually to know Christ. I don't know why it has introduction there, but it's supposed to be to know Christ. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. And whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal or everlasting life. And then the second one is John 3.36, And anyone who believes in God's Son has eternal life. Anyone who doesn't obey the Son will never experience eternal life, but remains in God's angry judgment. So right there, 
That is the gospel. John 3.16. I added the John 3.36 to emphasize John 3.16. Right? Because if John 3.16 is true, the opposite of it is true. That if you don't believe in the Son, which is Jesus, then you won't have eternal life. And that's what John 3.36 kind of spelled out for me. But for, for us, this is a review. You know, but the hardest lesson to learn are the things that we think we already know. Do we agree? Amen. That's why we get those tickets, speeding tickets, because we think we know. Oh, I've been speeding here for 15 years. Wait, what a minute. Who's this guy, right? The things that we think we already know, that's where we fall. That's why we hit our toe on the cabinet that's always been there. It didn't like, it's not like it just got there, right? We hit our head on, on something that's always been there because we think we know. And that's where the stumble and the failure happens. So tonight, that's what we're doing. We're going to review who is Jesus Christ? Who is Christ? Christ means, in the original language, Christos, which means anointed. Christ was and is the Messiah, the Son of God. You know, remember the humble beginnings? We're, we're good to review this. It's good for us to review the humble beginnings of Jesus Christ. You know, when he was an infant, he already scared a king, right? He made a king uneasy. He was born in a manger. He, he, he left his throne in heaven to be born in the womb of a woman. He became son of man that we might become sons of God. Amen? He was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of a virgin. Our God is a miraculous God. Amen? Our God is powerful. He can do all things. He lived in poverty. He is humble. He lived in poverty. He was nobody. Nobody knew him. He neither had wealth nor influence in Nazareth, a town that was the ghetto. He was born in Bethlehem. He laid aside his purple robe for a peasant's gown. He was rich, yet for our sake, he became poor. He slept in another person's stable. He rode another's donkey. And he was buried in another person's grave. Yet we worry on when we're going to get that fourth property. Amen? We worry why we don't have the brand new car while we have six parked in our, in our garage. We worry about what to wear where we have the three-car garage full of our clothes. And we have to pay $45 for another storage for our clothes that we never got to wear and will never probably get to wear. But our Lord that we follow, this is His humble beginnings. This is His, this is his record. How about His miraculous ministry? History has never known such as Jesus. In His infancy, He startled the king. As a boy, he stunned the theologians with his knowledge and wisdom when he got lost in the temple, for his knowledge was directly from God. In his manhood, he ruled the elements and quieted the raging sea. You remember that? When the disciples said, who is this man that he, even the wind and the water listens to him. He walked on water. He made the cripple walk. The people that were born paralyzed, he made them walk. The people that were born blind, he made them see. This is our Jesus. Amen? This is Christ. This is when we say to know Christ. That's the Christ. That's the Christ that we believe in. Amen? 
Have we forgotten who he is? No, right? The answer is like, no, no, of course not. Nobody just asked me these questions, but no, of course not. I know who my Christ is. I know who my Jesus is. I know who, what he's capable of. In that case, are you living your life knowing that your God is powerful? Knowing that your God knows everything. He knows everything that you're doing. People might not know it, but he knows it. Jesus Christ, our Christ, made a life-changing impact to the world up to now. We all know that by his suffering and by his death, he paid completely for your sins and mine and for the rest of the world, for those who will believe in him. He was the perfect sacrifice. Amen? To know Jesus Christ just as a good teacher and a good person who lived in this world is actually missing the whole point of who he is. Do we agree? So if you encounter those people that will tell you, oh, he's a good guy. Not just a good guy. He is the son of God. He was and he is the perfect sacrifice for our sins and their sins so that we become righteous in the eyes of God. Knowing the second person in the Godhead, Jesus Christ, should make a lot of impact in our lives. Amen? Amen. Our faith is so anemic. Do you agree? <laughs> Don't say amen. I know it. We'll just agree silently. Our, our faith now is so anemic. We say we know Christ. We wear the shirt. We have plate numbers for it. But we are the most, most scary cats. The scary cats in the world. We don't like arguments when it comes to uh, about Jesus and about the right things about the Bible because we don't want to be tagged as, as bigots, correct? Because the world has shifted that. That in any point, at any point in your life that you will argue for the, for the truth of the Bible, you will be seen as a bigot. So what do we do? We back off from it, right? We back off from it. But then we believe in a powerful, powerful God. We believe in a God that did miracles and continues to do miracles up to now. But we live our life as if we don't care. We live our lives with our problems. We, we see our problems and we go through it and we live as if we're defeated. It's not going to happen. Christ can't help me on this one. On this thing, I mean, yeah, I'll go to church Sunday. I'll say amen to Pastor Joe here and there. I'll share hugs and smiles. But God can really change my situation. He can't really change my wife. I've been praying for a new wife for 20 years. <laughs> he can't do it. Right? The, the problem is there's no growth. You know the wrong, you have a wrong notion on who Christ is. The real Christ, the real Jesus Christ, will not answer your prayer if you want your husband or your wife to die so you can get a new one. You, you guys forgot that you signed a no return, no exchange when you signed that dotted line. Till death do us part was what you said, but you were too in love and too stupid to hear it. <laughs> you should have said, what? Wait, till death? <laughs> you should have said that. We know Christ. Who is Jesus Christ, really? For the last 2,000 years, every man 
woman and child has been confronted with this same question. Who is Jesus Christ? Like, for real. You know, Jesus asked the disciples. Jesus asked. And Peter answered. Simon Peter answered. You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Right? He should say that. He saw Jesus do miracles left and right. He heard Jesus speak. He heard Jesus teach. He's seen Jesus do miracles. He should know, correct? But what happened to Peter right after? Peter was one of the people that denied Jesus three times, correct? Even though Jesus already gave him a heads up, this is what's going to happen, right? This is what's going to happen. But yet he still did it. The Christ that we know is as much as he is true, as much as he is true, Let me just stop. So the Christ we know saved us from our sins by his death on the cross, resurrected on the third day after being buried from the grave. We acknowledge that he is powerful, that he is loving, that he is gracious. The question for all of us who believe in this Jesus is, what are we doing about that truth in our lives? Do we share that truth to others who are hurting and are in desperate need of Him? And we'll tackle that on the third point. Do we share Him through our words and through our lives? Knowing that Christ is the all-powerful God and that He promised that the Holy Spirit, if you believe in Him, that the Holy Spirit will come and be your helper, will indwell in you and empower you to obey Him. To obey Him. He gives us the ability to actually obey Him and do His will. Remember what Paul wrote in Philippians 4.13? I know my basketball fans will know because of Steph Curry. But does everybody else know? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And then are you facing any temptations that, that is so hard for you to resist that you're having such a hard time for it? Have you forgotten of course, Corinthians 10, 13? For no temptation has seized you except what is common to man. But God is faithful. He will always give you a way out so you can stand up from under it. Our Christ did not just give us all these rules and things to do and then left us. He saved us from our sins, our sins from before, today, and tomorrow. And then He gave us the power, the Holy Spirit, to obey Him. And He gave us all these promises. All of these promises, all the things that you need to know about Christ, are all written in the Bible. The, 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 the minute and the second that you doubt who Christ is because you are believing a different Christ. Your notion of who your Jesus Christ is is different from mine. If you're going to tell me that you can't change because God can't change you, then you have a different Jesus Christ. Amen? And if you're going to tell me, how do I know? I'm going to tell you, pick up your Bible. Because obviously you're not listening and you're not hearing anybody else. But the problem is we're always too busy for Christ, aren't we? Yeah, say amen. When it's Jesus Christ, we can miss it. 
If it's for God, we can miss it. I know there's been um, a snowstorm, correct? It's been, it's been difficult to come to church. But my, my question for those who have missed and decided to miss the church because of the danger in the roads, did you also miss work? Did you also choose to miss work? Don't answer. But because it's so much easier. If it's God, it's so much easier to say, ah, you know what, I'll miss, I'll miss Sunday. Saved by grace anyway. Plus, it's probably on the video. Hopefully they upload it real quick. And the audio is nice. And the video, <laughs> very picky, right? Knowing that Christ is all-powerful and that He promised the Holy Spirit to the believer should alone tell us that we have no excuse to obey Him. Amen? And that He has given us the wisdom available for us in the Bible. The problem is we don't have the desire to lift up the Bible. We don't have the care to even read it. We believe in all His, his promises of blessing, material blessings. If we're all going to be honest, we like the material blessings of Christ. That's what we're clinging on to. Oh, kapit sa patalim. I'm going to hold on to that promise of God because that promise is going to give me material blessings. But the rest, you know what? I'm okay not to know that. But everything else I care about. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you. Yay, prosper me. Pocket blessing. But everything else, when God says, Be holy as I am holy, like, you know, that's cut the heart. I don't know about that. When God said, go and make disciples of all, you know what? I'm not gifted for that. That's not my gift. I'm shy. He made me shy. <laughs> he should have known that, that I'm not, that's not for me. But he says, delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. You're like, yes, desires of my heart. This is why I love this Christianity. This is why I love Jesus. This is the Jesus that will give me all the things that I've been dreaming of. You have a different Christ. Jesus promised. Jesus' promises is that he will empower you to be able to do all his will in your life. Amen? Those are guaranteed promises. And the promise is that he will provide all your needs. All your needs, not all your wants. He promises victory over temptation. He promises victory over disappointments and discouragement. But he didn't promise us a bed of roses. You guys know about this? If you've been in this church, this is one of our favorite verses because we believe in this. This is one verse that uh, we all memorized. And we know that in all things, God works for the good for those who love Him, love who? Love Christ. I've been called according to His purpose. Now if you're just, if you're an unbeliever, this promise is not for you. Because you don't love Christ. Because you just decided that you, you made the decision. Right? That you're going to live your life the way you want to and you think you can bring yourself to heaven. And you don't need the sacrifice that Jesus did on the cross for you. But for us, believers, we believe in this. But the question is, do we live our lives believing in the Christ of the Bible? Do we live our lives 
with that notion, with that knowledge, and with that emotion, and with our heart, knowing that our Christ is powerful, that our Christ is holy, that our Christ, is prom His promises will not fail? Or do we cower in the face of challenges and difficulties in life? Do we go back real quick to our comfort zones and say, you know what, it's too hard to follow Christ. My life was so much easier before I believed in Jesus. Now that I'm following Him, challenges is happening in my life. My, life, my wife doesn't love me anymore because I'm reading the Bible so much more than spending time with her in the bar. I'm going to lose my wife because I'm following Christ. What kind of life is this? My children, I thought that my children will listen to me once I, be, once I start bringing them to church. But all the more they don't listen to me. The other guy just told me the minute he gets to drive, he won't go to church. What is happening? It was so much more when I was a drunk. It was so much better when I was a drunk. At least I don't have to hear them and see them. And I don't have to feel anything. Is that really a better place? But some of us, we act as if that's the case. We cower. We go back to our comfort zones because the trials, the challenges of following Christ became so hard. Somebody gave us the wrong notion and belief that once, once we go into a relationship with Christ, life will be okay. Somebody told us I, and we believed it. So everything. The one thing that I want us to, to focus here too is that Life, in life, trouble will come. Jesus said that, right? In this life, you will have trouble. But behold, I have overcome the world. And in this verse, you see that there is nothing that happens to us believers that God doesn't know about. He knows that it will happen even before it happened. But I guarantee you, if you will just trust in Him, it will work out for the good. You might still face that challenge. Remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? They were told to bow down to the statue that Daniel made. The gold statue, not Daniel. Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah, correct. Thank you. Praise God for people who read their Bible here. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad you guys are sitting up front too. Because the people in the back, they, could, they, don't, they barely want to look at me. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But right, they, they face a big challenge. But they chose to obey God. They said, no matter what you do, our God will help us. And then this is what they said. This is the best thing. But even if He doesn't, we will not bow down to your idol. Because their biggest concern was to please God, no matter what. Even if it cost them their life. Amen? If you know the living, who the living God is, I don't know how you can turn from that. If you truly have met Jesus, I don't know how you can truly turn away from it. Paul met Jesus when he was Saul. He got blinded. The guy that knew everything. He went through the, one of the best teachers. But yet he turned because he met the real Jesus. He met Christ. He met the anointed. Guys, some of us, we just like Christ as our Savior. We still have to swallow the pill of Him being our Lord. That's why we have a hard time taking heavy doctrines. The meat part of our, of our service, you guys don't like. 
Oh gosh, Pastor Joe's talking about holy living again. Why are we still in Galatians? My goodness, somebody tell him to go to Psalms. <laughs> Something snappy. Our life is, is there, it's, it's not a bed of roses. But if you know who Christ is, you will face it for God. Amen? I'll do with that. John 14, 23 to 24. Jesus, I know I've used this many times. You probably heard it many times too. But here is when Jesus says that anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. The words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. Jesus makes it clear. That if you are not obedient, then you don't love Jesus. So stop saying it. It's your lying. Because the proof of your words is done in your life, in your obedience in Christ. You accepted Him as your Savior, but you didn't accept Him as your Lord just yet. You wanted to be away from the fires of hell, but you still want to party like it's 1999. 2019. New material, Joe. New material. Our relationship with the Lord demands action. Knowing who Jesus is demands action. Out of our gratitude and out of our love, action will happen. Because love is an action word. It's not an idea. It's an action. I love my wife, and I don't. If I don't do anything for her, she'll start doubting me. Do we agree? And if she tells me she loves me and she doesn't do anything for me, I will start doubting her. It's the same thing. But how can we say, "Oh, I love God," but you know what? You know, I leave all the work to the other guys because they'll do it. I won't obey him. You know, I'll obey him this much, but I won't obey him that much. Because this other part, I want to keep for myself. Again, when we go back to the, the two mites of the, the lady, the woman with the two mites, she gave her all. While everybody else gave from, oh, what's here? What's in my pocket? They're extra. While the lady gave their all, her all. Was that done cheerfully? I'm trying to imagine that now as I was reading that again. To give your all hurts. I know we, 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 we talk about God loves a cheerful giver, but when you give your all to the Lord, I tell you, it will hurt. If, you, if somebody asks for your help here at church, it will take time from your family maybe. If God demands you to learn more about it, it will probably take time away from your leisure. For you to read your Bible, they'll probably take time away from your Netflix or your Facebook or your anything that you do other than what Christ is asking you to do. It will hurt because we'd rather do what our flesh calls for. It will hurt. To follow Christ hurts. This is from our study in the beginning, from the first test for the new disciples. 
Our group discussed it, and I liked it, and I figured I'd share it with you guys. Jesus did die on the cross to give us comfort and safety. Some people sell salvation like it's an insurance plan or a safety net. Unfortunately, we sometimes think that coming to God means that everything will be okay. Life will get better. Sometimes it gets worse. We aren't promised that everything will be okay. We're promised His presence. Amen? That alone is an amen. We are promised His presence. He doesn't promise to keep us safe. Rather, He invites us into a dangerous story to be proclaimers of hope in the midst of a very unsafe world. Do we agree to this statement? Nice. I hope you do. Because this is the truth. I'm sorry. If somebody else painted a different picture for you, that's untrue. That's not real. You mean to tell me that, that you come to church asking for answers, and if you don't like the answers that were given to you, you're going to say, I'm going to go to a different church. You go church shopping. <laughs> Hopefully you find the perfect one. But if you find the perfect one, I told you this before, and I'll say it again. Don't join it, because then it won't be perfect anymore. <laughs> it was perfect till you got there. <laughs> There's no perfect church. Amen? There's no perfect pastors. There's no perfect believers. We said it before, and we'll say it again. This is a house of sinners saved by grace. No perfect people allowed. No NPAs allowed here. So that's our Christ. Our Christ is holy. Our Christ is powerful. Our Christ is true to His promises. Our Christ demands our life. And following Him will hurt. Amen? It will hurt. Second point. To become like Him. Emphasis on becoming like Him. We read Romans 8.28, and most of us have, have that memorized. But Romans 8.29, I'm going to try not to preach about this whole thing, because there's a lot of uh, doctrines in this, in this verse. But this part, particular part, I want us to concentrate on. And He chose them to become like His Son. To become like His Son. Do you really mean to tell me that Christ died on the cross, suffered everything for your sins so that you could live your life sinful ways again? The interpretation, I know we, we tackled this before in the freedom part of Galatians. The freedom part, as us Westerners think what freedom is, is not what freedom is described in that Bible. Freedom in Christ is to be free to obey Christ. Amen? We are not tied in. That's why we're, we're saying tithing is no longer the New Testament way of giving. Because you tie somebody into a certain percentage. But you are free to give more if you choose to. You are free to give not to. And you won't lose your salvation. You know, it's funny because it was discussed in the, in the uh, Bible study group after the study was done. I like this insight. I was told this. When I, when I gave the truth, when I gave the truth to the church that you don't have to give the 10%, this is what they probably thought, somebody told me, that they were already half 
out the door, not wanting to give. And then I said, you don't have to tithe. They're like, there you go. I'm out of here. I actually gave them the complete license not to do what they want, didn't want to do in the first place. Well, you know, if they were giving out of obligation, and it's incorrect giving anyway. For us to become like Christ, it, we are free to become like Him if we want to. And we are free to be, not become like Him if we don't want to. That's the freedom in Christ that we have. Isn't that amazing? We, are, we were created to become like Christ. From the very beginning, in Genesis 1.26, God said, Let us make human beings in our image and our likeness. In all of creation, only human beings are made in God's image. That is a great privilege and gives us dignity. We don't know all, all this phrase covers, but we know these aspects of it. Meaning, like God, it says that we are spiritual beings. Our spirits are immortal. And, our, and it will last our earthly bodies, right? Our soul is either going to go to heaven for eternal life or in hell. For eternal punishment. We are immortal beings. We are intellectual. We can think. We can reason. We can solve problems. Amen? Okay, maybe. <laughs> like God, we are relational. We can give and receive real love. And we want real love. We want to be in a relationship. We want that interaction with other people. And like God, we have a moral conscious, consciousness. We can discern right from wrong, which makes us accountable to God. The Bible says that all people, not just believers, possess part of the image of God. That is why murder and abortion are wrong. Please don't think of, my, of the political slant on that statement. That's from the Bible, okay? I know it's been politicized, but that's from the Bible. That's why sexual immorality is, in, is not good because that we, we, we are sacred. We were created in God's image. You have to see Genesis 9, 6, Psalm 139, 13-16, and James 3, 9. But the image was made incomplete and damaged when, we, when Adam and Eve sinned. It was distorted. That's why Jesus was sent. That's why God sent Jesus on a rescue mission to restore the full image that we have lost. Now, we have to ask, what does the full image of and likeness of God look like? You know what it looks like? It looks like Jesus Christ. That's the full image and full likeness of God. That's why when we're told to become like Christ, we're restoring, right? To restore the image that we've lost. The Bible says the exact likeness of God, that Jesus is the exact likeness of God, the visible image of the invincible God, the exact representation of His being. Those are 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, Colossians 1.15, and Hebrews 1.3. And look at here. Imitate me just as... I also imitate Christ. In Romans 6, 4, For we did, when we were buried with Christ by baptism, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we may also live new lives. 
To become like Christ is to live new lives. Live with the Spirit. Ephesians 5.1-2 Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are His dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered Himself as a sacrifice for us, as a pleasing aroma. We have to become like Christ. If we belong to Him, we can't help it that, but to become like Him, if we're willing. Most of you know my son Alonzo, correct? This is my illustration in family resemblance. To become like Christ, to look like Christ. I remember when, when he was still little, um, people from my work will stop Analu in anywhere, anywhere they're at. People that she doesn't know, and they'll ask her, Excuse me, I know you don't know me, but is this Joe Salcedo's kid? <laughs> because he looks so much like him. And I always take joy when people see my likeness in my kids. It always pleases me. Do you know that God feels the same way? God feels the same way when people will say, You know what, that Larry guy, that's what a Christian is. You know that Charles guy, you know, that's what, what kind of makes me want to be a Christian. Now, do you walk and live your life glorifying Him, resembling Him, or are you resembling the other party? <laughs> Lucy, right? <laughs> are you resembling Lucy? We have to become like Christ. We have to become like Christ. We have to change our ways. But the change happens from the inside out. Right? We're not to look like Jesus Christ physically because we don't know how He looks like. Nobody has a picture. There was no Instagram before. Imagine if there was. <laughs> Questions should be asked. Am I looking? Am I becoming like Christ? Is my life reflecting Him? Is my character reflecting Him? Is 2 Corinthians 5, 7, 3, 17 true in my life? The old is gone, the new has come. Is it? If one is saved, one will be changed from the inside out. If given the opportunity to live after the conversion. Because there are some people that have accepted Christ in their deathbeds. I've seen them. They, have, they weren't given the opportunity to to live their lives glorifying God. But they are saved. And they're going to be in heaven. But for us who are given that privilege. To continue to walk in this life. After accepting Christ. We are given the privilege to honor Him. And to glorify Him in everything that we say and do. We are to become like Christ. To become like Christ should not be a burden to us. Obeying Christ should not be a burden to us. Is it going to be challenging? Of course, we said that already. Obeying Christ is challenging. Remember Moses, when, when, when God was not pleased with the Israelites? Remember Moses' prayer? He said, Lord, if you're not going to go with us, then we'd rather not go. We'd rather stay here. Because what matters to Moses is God's presence and being with God. That's what mattered. It didn't matter for him to, 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 to move on to the journey and get to the promised land. That, he could care less about it. He just cared that, Lord, 
If you're going to be here, then I'm just going to be here with you. But most of us, we're like the Israelites. We're like the Israelites. 40 years, right? Journey. Circles on a nine week, nine week or nine days. But it took them 40 years to learn all the lessons they needed to learn. To repay for the sins that they did. Those Israelites, they said, you know what? We sh it would have been better for us to stay in Egypt. Because in Egypt, we ate meat in Egypt. They complained that they kept eating manna. Right? They're like, oh my gosh, I know this is free, but man, it's not good. <laughs> it was better in Egypt where I had to steal those, those quails and those meat. But yet, you know, I know I stole it, but man, did I eat my fill? See the thinking there? The thinking happens when you're trying to please your flesh. It doesn't matter who you cross. It doesn't matter what kind of wrong thing you do. It doesn't matter if you're displeasing God just so you can get what you want. Well, you, what we have to know, and us American believers, I know we're a Filipino-American church. Or I know we're a multicultural church now. But we're, we're, this is what I call us. We're an American Christian church. And when I say American, is, is we're so spoiled. We don't have this, this word. We have to learn it again, relearn it. Contentment. We are never content. And that's what, we are never satisfied. That's what breaks a lot of things. That's why you keep working. That's why some of you have five, six, seven, eight jobs. Because you, you want to build on that, that big retirement plan that you have. You want to buy that mansion in the Philippines, that third mansion in the Philippines. You want to buy an island. That's why you keep all working all this overtime. And somebody's saying, that it's not my choice to work overtime. <laughs> Probably not. But we have to relearn contentment. We need to learn contentment. We need to be content with God. Amen? We need to be satisfied with God. Because once we're satisfied with what God has given us, we will learn how to live the new life that He has given us. We have to recite Matthew 6.33 in our lives. Seek Him first, His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. That's what we need to focus on. Shouldn't our life be for the Lord? Okay, thank you, Hatelea. Praise God. Our life should be for the Lord. We are to know Christ, and we are to become like Him. Becoming like Him takes sacrifice. Becoming like Him hurts. Becoming like Him means we need to not to unbecome us. Is that a word? We need to remove our old selves. We need to kill ourselves. We need to crucify ourselves. For I have been crucified with Christ, right? It is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live for Him who loved me and gave Himself for me. Some of us, we still need to go to the crucifix, or the, our crucifixion. Some of us, we still need to bury our old selves because we don't want to. We want to still satisfy our old selves. We want to enjoy everything about heaven later, but we want to enjoy everything about the earth right now. Right? Party hardy till God takes me. But look at what, what Paul said here. In 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 27, I'm only going to read verse 27. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave, so that after I have preached, 
to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. It takes sacrifice. We need to discipline ourselves, deny ourselves, deny ourselves. If anyone wants to come after me or to become like me, he must deny himself. Take up his cross daily and come follow me. Luke 9.23 Becoming like him is our journey from now till uh, all the way to heaven. It's a long process, but it will hurt, but God will be with you. Amen? Alright, I'm going to speed up on our last point to make him known. Sorry, I, I thought I was going to get this done in 30 minutes. I thought, I said, I thought. <laughs> Keep praying. Matthew 28, 19. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. The Great Commission was followed and obeyed by the disciples and by the people of North American Mission Board and by our founding pastor and by Pastor Charles and by the founding uh, members. And because of their obedience up to now, we are enjoying the benefits of, those, of, that, of that decision that they made. Some of us were saved here in this church. Some of us grew in this church. Some of you will be saved here and some of you will grow in this church. So tell me, should we neglect the Great Commission? Should we neglect the Great Commission? The answer is no. I know that there are two ways to share the Lord. I know that there are different gifts that, that God has given each and every believer. But all believers are compelled by, the love, by their love for God and by love of others. Right? If you love God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength, it says there that the second is like it, love your neighbor as you love yourself. So how do you love yourself? You love yourself by feeding yourself and making sure that you have everything you need and everything that you want. Right? You want to make sure that you, you have time to do all things. And you love yourself enough that you, when you made the decision to accept Christ, you were happy. You were happy, right? You were full of joy that finally you were so glad that, oh my gosh, I'm so glad somebody shared Jesus to me. I'm so glad that somebody stepped out of their comfort zone and took that uncomfortable conversation with me. And faced however difficult of a person I was, or sarcastic I was, and shared the gospel. Put themselves on the line so that I will hear the truth. So if that is your prayer and that is your sentiment, why can't you do that for the next person? Why, why will you let the blessing stop with you? Knowing the truth that anyone who doesn't believe in Jesus will spend eternity in hell. And you say you love God, yeah, I don't think you're loving others. If you will just, you know what, I don't want to say anything because I don't want to be judged. You know? you know what the Bible says about that? In James 4.17, if anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. The sin of omission. God gives us, everybody in this room, we all have a mission field, whether you like it or not. You're all missionaries, whether you buy that ticket to Africa or not. <laughs> Some of us, we think the only way that we're going to be missionaries is if we go to a very hostile place. Africa, Iraq, right? Crazy. 
But we are missionaries at our work, with our family, with our friends. Those people, they need Christ too. Do you agree? It does make it hard for you to share the gospel if your life is contrary to what you're preaching. That's why the second point was to become like Christ. Right? That's why the first point is to know Christ, to have the right doctrine, to have the right knowledge of who God is. That's why we're talking about renewing of the mind all the time here. Because we need, there's been some, some believers here have bought into the lie that life with Christ is easy. It's not. But then it doesn't mean you should stop following Him. All the more you should push through because the enemy is attacking you. The enemy is intimidated with you. I'm like, oh my gosh, this guy is doing some work. Let's attack him. If you're not being attacked, that just means one thing. You're not doing anything. The worst thing is you'll probably be playing for the other side too. In Romans 10, 13-14, listen to this. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. We all agree to that, right? If you've accepted Christ, we all agree to that. But look at verse 14. But how can they call on Him to save them unless they believe in Him? And how can they believe in Him if they have not heard about Him? Folks, you have the gift. A, a gift that will save someone for eternity. That's huge. That's a tremendous responsibility. But most of us, we've ignored it. We could care less. We just want blessings for ourselves. Blessings for our family, blessings for our children, success for our children, success for ourselves. Bless the work of my hands, Lord. Even us here at church, we could do that, you know? Oh, bless our ministry, grow our ministry, buy us a building, buildings. <laughs> right? We could do that too and miss the whole point. Miss the whole point. And it's not about that. It's about... If it's about knowing Christ, it's becoming like Him and making Him known. Remember the illustration as we close. Remember the illustration that if you have the cure of, for cancer and you hold it and you held it and you didn't give it to your neighbor or to your family because you're thinking, you know, you never know. I might have cancer tomorrow. I might need this. That's criminal. That's a criminal act. You'll get in trouble for it. Again, I said it earlier that when it's when it's God, when it comes, when it becomes about God, we take it for granted so easily. Oh, you know, maybe tomorrow I'll go to a prayer meeting and ask for boldness. You wait for Wednesday, really, to ask for boldness? You have more problems than boldness. I'll, I'll call Pastor Joe. Maybe he has time to share gospel, the gospel to my friend. It's okay, if we have time, we could do it. But what if your friend dies before I get there? You also carry it. You know the verses. You just don't want to do it. Because you don't want to step out of your comfort zone. The, the worst thing is sometimes maybe you don't care. Matthew 4.19 And he said to them, Jesus said to them, Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. What made us think that when we follow Christ, we will be millionaires? Who gave us that idea? <laughs> follow Christ and we will have a great life. Live your best life now. You about that book? 
your life here will never be the best life because our life the best life is in heaven amen uh, are we told to make plans yes we're supposed to be good stewards of god's blessing we're supposed to be good stewards of our time and of our life we're supposed to be good stewards of our testimony but we are not told that as we follow Christ, it's all about good and happiness and party. To follow Christ means it's going to cost us something that will hurt. It might be a dream that we have to give up on. It might be a relationship that we're cl clinging on to and that's been pulling us down to not grow in the relationship with our Lord might be our friends that are pulling us down because they always make a mockery of our faith. It's a relationship you need to let go. It's a lifestyle you need to let go. It's a job that you need to let go because that job is preventing you from going to church. Those things. That's what following Christ is. So again, to become, to know Christ, the real Christ, the Christ of the Bible, Pick up your Bible. Join a Bible study. Don't just be satisfied in a Sunday. Don't just be satisfied on a podcast. Don't just be satisfied with your quiet time. Join a Bible study. Discuss your faith. Learn. Give up the phone. Put down Facebook. Let go of the social media for a minute and learn more about eternal implications and blessings. Become like Him. Live your life of the past. Leave it. Live your new life now with Christ. Give it up. Be the new creation that He wanted you to be. Don't take the sacrifice for granted by continuing with your sinful life. And to make Him known. People are dying every minute, every second. People that we know. doesn't matter how young or how old you are. We don't know when they're going to go. We need to be bold and share our faith. We need to live our lives glorifying Him so that we won't be ashamed when we share the gospel. And in conclusion, <laughs> now this is real. This is in, in closing. <laughs> the real change in a believer happens from the inside out. The knowledge of who Christ is to know Christ makes us want to become like Him. Becoming like Christ comes from us knowing the real Christ. And as we become like Him, we cannot help but to follow through with the purposes that He has for us. Because it's the Holy Spirit that's moving us, our hearts and our minds, towards that direction. We will have compassion to the lost. We will become the salt and light that He wanted us to begin with. If you are still living in the lies of the enemy, that is telling you that the world is fine, you don't, they don't need to hear that. Don't believe it. You are probably the only chance of your friend to hear the gospel. You are probably the key for them to have eternal life. This is the reason why we ourselves came to our realization of our need for Christ because somebody cared enough to share us, share to us the truth about Jesus. To know Christ, to become like Him, to make Him known. I pray that we all submit to these truths 
truths this week and in the future. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your truth. We thank you for your message. We thank you for your presence, Lord God. Lord, I, we know we cannot live a perfect life. But you already knew that, Lord God. That's why you covered for everything. Your work on the cross was perfect. There is no adding to it, and there is no subtracting to it. But Lord God, let us not just be content with the gift of, the whole, the, of our salvation, but also be a blessing to others, Lord God. By glorifying you with our lives, Lord God, by changing our ways, Lord, not out of obligation, but out of our love and gratitude for you. Help us, Lord God, to be consistent. And Lord, let us not believe, help believe the lie of the enemy when he discourages us when we fall. Because like Paul, Lord God, he struggled. But just the mere fact of means that we have been saved. There is a new nature in us that is fighting the flesh. I pray, Lord God, for victory for everyone that is here. For those of us who are struggling, those who are facing temptations and challenges in life, Lord God, that, that's making us not want to move forward with you. I pray for courage for them. I pray for empowerment for them. I pray for wisdom for them. I, Lord God, encourage their hearts to tarry through. Lord, I pray for boldness for us, Lord God, and wisdom and compassion, Lord God, for the lost, that we will share your truth to them, no matter what, Lord God. I pray, Father, that we don't lose our focus, that we become good stewards of this life that you have given us. Help us, Lord God, be pleasing to you. 